We use nutritional labels to help users make informed food choices. The labels in Canada have remained nearly the same for the last 15 years. Health Canada is currently in the final stages of a proposal presenting a revised label. But when it comes to clarifying label information about sugar, the proposed new label may be falling short. I'm Dr. Diane Kelsall, Interim Editor-in-Chief for CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with the authors of a commentary discussing the importance of being clear about added sugars. Dr. Mary Labay is the Earl W. McHenry Chair and Professor in the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Toronto. Jody Bernstein is a registered dietitian and a PhD candidate in the Department of Nutritional Sciences, again at the University of Toronto. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi, Diane. Thanks very much. Pleased to be here. Great. Well, we're going to talk a little bit today about your commentary. My first question is, are all sugars, added or natural, created equal? There are actually two major classes of sugars. The first is naturally occurring, and these are the ones found in fruits, vegetables, dairy products, and some grains. The second is added or free sugars. These two groups of sugars are different because of their associated health effects. Added sugars can be consumed without the benefits of the vitamins, minerals, and fiber that are found in the fruits and vegetables and dairy products. Once the sugar is removed, it is consumed in much larger quantities than it would have been usually, and it is put into products that wouldn't necessarily contain any or as much sugar. Most of the sugars we eat, like honey, sugar, high fructose corn syrup, or maple syrup, they're all composed of different quantities of glucose and fructose, around half of each more or less. From a broader public health perspective, all these ingredients are just different types of added or free sugars, and excess intakes should be avoided. So what do guidelines currently recommend as a daily maximum for added sugar intake, sort of in contrast to naturally occurring sugars? The most recent guidelines from the United States Dietary Guidelines for Americans, they recommend that added sugar intakes be limited to 10% of calories. Similar guidelines exist for free sugars, Uh, so the World Health Organization, the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada, and Public Health England, they all recommend a maximum of 5 or 10% of calories come from free sugar. For the average adult who is consuming a 2,000 calorie a day diet, this means they should not consume more than 50 grams of added sugars per day. Putting this in perspective, drinking one 500 milliliter bottle of cola would exceed your added sugar intake for the day. That's a little bit shocking because most people would drink 500 mLs of cola fairly fairly quickly and not be thinking about it. This is Mary speaking and I think that's the the issue that we were making on our commentary was without the added sugar labeling that consumers really wouldn't be aware of how much sugar was in these foods they were consuming and these are very easy amounts of added sugars to consume in types of foods that we eat all the time. Well, exactly. I mean, just, you know, a couple minutes and you've got more than your daily maximum. So how important is an awareness of sugar intake for health? I mean, you've alluded to there are some health problems. So can you tell us a bit more about that? In recent years, there's been more evidence that have come out that have associated an excess intake of sugars with adverse health outcomes. And this evidence is coming from studies that include randomized controlled trials where participants are fed a known amount of sugars and prospective cohort studies where a cohort is followed over time and how much added sugars they eat is measured. And then in years to come, 
health outcomes are measured and associated with how much added sugars they, they consumed. Uh, as a result of these findings, these, we know that high intakes of excess added and free sugar intakes have been associated with increased risk of obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and of course, dental caries. This is actually a phenomenon that has a dose-response relationship. And that means the more you consume, the more risk you have of the adverse effects. And similarly, you can get benefit by lowering your intakes. Even if you're slightly above, you get increased benefits the more you lower your intakes or increased risk of adverse effects the more you consume. So can you give us a little idea? I mean, what amount of added sugar would the average person um, take in in a day? Right now, we don't have much evidence from the Canadian population. It has been estimated that Canadians consume about 11 to 14% of their calories from added sugars. So this is already above the 10% that's recommended, but we don't have uh, exact figures. Now, give us a little idea about what's happening in Canada now. What, what are our labels include now, and what is Health Canada proposing to put on the labels? Right now, our labels only have total sugar contents. And total sugars are a combination of the naturally occurring and the added sugars together. So to better guide consumer decision-making, Health Canada proposed including a benchmark for total sugars set at 100 grams per day. And this benchmark you'll see on the nutrition facts table is presented as a percent DV. And it's intended to give consumers a way to interpret how much of a nutrient is in the product. Um, to determine if the total sugars are coming from added sugars, another proposal was included to group sugar-based ingredients together in the ingredient list. And this is to help consumers identify sugar-based ingredients and better understand the relative contribution of these ingredients to the product. This won't tell consumers how much of the sugar is being added to the food, which is the information that they really need to follow guidelines. So it would just give them a relative idea. What are other countries doing in terms of labeling? You mentioned sort of that there were guidelines from different countries, but what are other countries doing? Uh, right now in the U.S., they're also undergoing a major nutrition label overhaul, um, but they have proposed including added sugars on the label along with a percent daily value or a benchmark of 10% of calories. So this is in line with the current intake recommendations. And I'll add one thing. One of the objectives um, when Health Canada first introduced its nutrition labeling in 2004 was to actually try and have our labels very similar to the U.S. in terms of which nutrients are on it, which order. Of course, we have ours in metric, but there are many similarities so that consumers would be very familiar. But in actual fact, this is a large divergence where the U.S. has moved forward and actually proposing to include the added sugars on their nutrition labels, while our previous government in Canada has now abandoned that idea in their most recent recommendations that they came out with last summer. Now, I'm going to ask you to speculate for a little bit. Why do you think Health Canada is not following the lead of other countries? Oh, this is Mary. I think you probably could ask them that, to be honest. I think we can be a bit more optimistic, which might have been one of the reasons why we prepared this commentary. They made a proposal last summer, but the final regulations have not been approved. And now we have a new government out there, which is also committed to giving consumers more information on the sugars in the foods they're consuming. So we think this is an ideal opportunity 
before they finalize the nutritional labeling regulations to actually make sure that they include the added sugars on the Canadian nutrition labels as well. Now, from a practical standpoint, when we're looking at putting the information on the labels, who actually could figure out how much added sugar there is? Is it supplied by the manufacturer or does a government body sort of analyze things? How does that work? Usually the information on the nutritional label is provided by the manufacturer and it's the manufacturer's responsibility to ensure that the values that they put on their labels are accurate and correct. Now in Canada, the Food Inspection Agency does random sampling and testing and in the U.S., for example, with the added sugars, they recommended that the manufacturers would also not only have to declare it on their labels, but then would have to have the documentation to show how they came up with those values, whether they were calculated from the nutrition values of the components, the ingredients in their foods, or whether they had some form of analysis done. And that's typical with all the labeling. The onus is on the manufacturer to provide the accurate data on their labels. Have there been problems between what has been reported by the manufacturers and perhaps what the Food Inspection Agency actually found? There have been several small studies. Many of the data are not widely publicized. And the Food Inspection Agency, on a whole, have found that most of the data is actually quite accurate. And you have to realize that food manufacturers are provided with a tolerance of plus or minus 20% on the labels which is actually quite reasonable given that we know foods are grown in many different locations, many different sites. So in actual fact, they are very good averages of what the consumer can expect to have in that food. And on the whole, the data have been shown to be quite good. So does that include calories as well? Yes, that is the tolerance on the foods. It does change slightly um, on particular types of foods, but yes, that does that is the tolerance that they give manufacturers. Dieters might be surprised to know that it could be 20% higher because that's quite a bit. I understand it's not in, in absolute terms, but I think to the average person might be thinking that they're having something very low-cal, and in fact, they're not. Um, getting back to our topic at hand, so it sounds like the previous government, some of the recommendations to sort of beef up the amount of information that was available for consumers um, wasn't going to happen, and it sounds like this is an opportunity with the new government coming in to perhaps put back in some of the earlier proposals? Yes, it is an opportune time, I think for a couple of reasons. One, before the government came out with their earlier recommendations, they had widely consulted with both Canadian consumers and health professionals and a number of um, health organizations, as well as the provincial governments had sent comments into the federal government And most of those groups had all supported the addition of added sugars to the nutrition labels. So I think not only is it happening in a number of other countries, they've also received a large number of comments supporting that initiative by a wide range of stakeholders in Canada. So I think it would be a great opportunity for them to relook and revisit that question. And if they choose not to, then do you think Health Canada is missing an opportunity to educate and inform Canadians on sugar consumption? Yes, they're missing a huge opportunity to educate consumers, but also to allow consumers to make informed decisions. With the nutrition label, any consumer can compare two products side by side, whether it's one variety of cookie versus another, and see which has more added sugars to them. 
And for our people like ourselves who are health researchers, it's very important. We can't do those types of studies to see what are the effects of consuming high amounts of added sugars if we actually can't track the amount of added sugars in our food supply. We can't compare how different groups in the population are doing relative to the amounts of added sugars they consume. So it's, it's really important in a number of fronts. I've been speaking with Dr. Mary LaBay and Jody Bernstein. To read the commentary they co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.